it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. Hey everyone, it's Brandy. I hope you're enjoying this podcast as much as I absolutely enjoy bringing this awesome content to you. Look, beauty professionals, this show is for you. And I want to make sure we can continue to bring our awesome guests and awesome information to help empower the beauty community all over the world. You can help by doing your part in making a small donation. You can check our link in the show notes and donate right on Anchor, or we'll have another link available for you to do so. Thank you so much for supporting. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you're sharing it as well. As always, stay great. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited to share today's episode with you. I had the pleasure in interviewing Diana Hickey of QB. QB is a tech company that Diana created to help entrepreneurs get their digital products out there easily. Like a quick and easy way, like an Etsy for ideas. QB helps you to just really get your digital content out there quickly so that you can get it on the market and sell it. We had a great conversation just learning about how she created her own tech company and why and exactly what QB is. And so I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. And here's a little bit of Diana's bio. Diana Hickey is an engineer, a patent attorney, and tech entrepreneur. She is the founder of and CEO of QB LLC a tech platform where content creators of all types can turn their content into commerce by selling their most valuable digital content. After becoming a mom, Diana decided that she wanted to set an example for her children, and she took her knowledge and skills as an engineer and IP attorney and created a tech company, QB. Over the years, as social media has taken off, Diana witnessed women giving away valuable, marketable intellectual property for free without regard for its worth. She founded QB to provide a platform where women creators could harness the value of their knowledge and skills for themselves. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview and here it goes. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brandi Taylor. We have an awesome guest today, Diana Hickey. Welcome, Diana. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being on. I'm super excited to have you on the show today. So Diana, tell us something about yourself that most people would not know. Oh, that's a good question. Um, something about myself that most people would not, you know what it is? <laughs> I have, I love 80s television. So <laughs> if you, I'm like, I'm somebody that will watch reruns of everything from Golden Girls. I've been watching Dallas lately. It's a very strange <laughs> sort of side hobby, but that's something, you know, people tend not to suspect, <laughs> but I just, I love you know, 80s television sitcoms, like those dramas, Dallas, Dynasty, I'll watch all of it. <laughs> I don't watch much TV these days, but I do love Golden Girls, so I will catch an episode of Golden Girls every now and then. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> That's a great this fun many, fact. It still holds up. Like, it's, it's still really good television. It's kind of amazing. Yes, for sure, for sure. So, Diana, tell us a little bit about your background and what you're currently doing, working on right now with your business. Okay. Um, so I'm originally from Los Angeles, California. 
Um, I did my undergraduate work at uh, USC School of Engineering. So I was an engineer. And then um, after that, I kind of worked for a couple of years, but I knew that I wanted to study law. So I spent a couple of years just trying to find myself taking some time. And then I went to law school at Georgetown Law Center. Um, and, you know, law school was interesting. It was great. It was a wonderful experience. I loved the study of law. I had a little bit of a different feeling about the practice of law. Um, but, um, you know, it's what you do after you finish. So um, me having a background in engineering, everyone sort of just kind of pushes you in the area of intellectual property law, patent law in particular. Uh, for patent law, for example, if you want to join the patent bar, you have to have an undergraduate degree in like a hard science or engineering. Um, and it's actually really rare to find people who first study, you know, something so scientific and, you know, engineering like that move into law. They're kind of like polar opposites in so many ways as fields of study. Um, and so when they find one, they kind of hang on and they say patent law, that's the thing. Um, so after law school, I, I wasn't sure I wanted to do patent law. Um, so I worked, uh, I clerked actually in the criminal court in DC and we were on the felony calendar and basically for the time, and, and, and as a law clerk, basically, I don't know if people don't know what a law clerk does. A law clerk, I like to describe it as, you're kind of like the judge's lawyer. So anytime there's like any kind of litigation or criminal proceeding, um, there are going to be questions like the lawyers, you know, they, they battle out different issues uh, and questions of the law. The law clerk kind of feels that information, um, filters it a little bit, and we tend to write memos and stuff and sort of advise the judge. On, we do the, a lot of the legal research for the judge. So you advise the judge on what the state of the law is. And, you know, uh, you give your opinion and point of view. Uh, they may or may not agree with you. They obviously tend to be way more experienced than a law clerk fresh out of law school. Um, but in any case, that's what I did. I worked for a judge uh, in D.C., and we were on the felony calendar. So robberies, rapes, and murders were my life. <laughs> this oh, wow. wow. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's a nice introduction into studying law, like right into the heavy criminal law. Didn't take long for me to say, no, no, no. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> don't want to, I just can't. It's just, it's very difficult emotionally to deal with, with those kinds of cases. Um, and so I did end up doubling back and doing patent law. Uh, went back to my engineering roots. Uh, so after that, I worked at the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, very much my wheelhouse. Um, and so I was basically in charge of, you know, a lot, each of the people that works there, you kind of get your own docket series of cases. I was working on the patents in the field of 2D and 3D computer graphics processing. Um, so a lot of the applications were coming from, you know, companies like Google and Apple, Amazon. I worked on a lot of their patents. Uh, I fought with their lawyers a lot. <laughs> um, and, um, and so this is just my way, long-winded way of saying that my real background and expertise is about intellectual property, the value of ideas, what they are, what they're worth, how to, um, how to take advantage of what they're worth. Um, and so that's, yeah, that's basically my professional background before I decided to leave there and, you know, launch my own tech company. Um, yeah, that's, that's basically kind of the background, the gist of, of where I started. <laughs> and so coming from, you know, trademark and intellectual property, uh, what was the process of deciding to start up your own tech company doing what you're doing now? It started in my mind. I, I think, oh boy, that's a big question. Um, 
as far as what the law, let's say, let's say this, I became a mother. I had two children. I gave birth to two beautiful little girls. And by the time I had my second daughter, I kind of felt like I could do more. Um, as far as my legal career was concerned, I did actually have an interest in helping people, individuals principally, sort of gather and harness the value of their intellectual property. That's That was my principal concern. You know, what I had been doing was basically helping really big, powerful corporations get what they wanted in terms of their intellectual property and getting the value out of it. But I didn't think that it was, it, it just wasn't terribly meaningful to me because I didn't feel like I was, you know, kind of being in a position of service. It, it just didn't, it, you know how sometimes you're just doing something and you notice you're going through the motions and you just don't have a real strong emotional connection to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that once I had kids, it became more urgent to me to do something that mattered. You know, now life gets serious at that point. You get to a place where you want to, you want to show your kids, girls in particular, what you can do and you want to create something of value and you want the days, the time you spend and the days you spend to do something that's kind of relevant and meaningful and important to you. Um, So for me, um, one place I looked a lot was the internet. I saw the internet economy. The internet economy is enormous. And I saw women in particular being such a huge driver of the sharing of information on the internet. I did not see women profiting from that work in a way that's commensurate with the labor. You know what I mean? Women are just driving the economy. If you look at, I think I was looking at a study of um, like, uh, I don't know, content creators on Instagram or something. And it was like, 90 plus percent women. And so they're sharing all this wonderful, valuable content. Instagram's making tons of money selling ads on it and monetizing it. And then maybe a few pennies are sort of trickled down off the top to the people actually doing the work. And um, that was a something that I saw that sort of, you know, sort of stuck in my craw a little bit. And it was a problem that I wanted to help address. Um, and it was something that was meaningful. And I was like, you know what, in hindsight, I actually have a lot of knowledge and background and experience about the value of ideas. Maybe I need to sort of take that and sort of turn it outwards and say, how can I create something that helps people grab the value out of their ideas so that it's, you know, to level the playing field a little bit, to put the power back in the hands of the people doing the work. Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, you know, you saw a need that that there are so many women that are adding value, but you didn't feel like they were getting, you know, value added back to them. Like they weren't getting paid for all the value that they're adding and all that they're putting out. So really break that down. Like what are some things that you saw in the market and in, in the industry that you felt like people could really be capitalizing on their intellectual property? Well, that I love that question. Um, when my daughter was turning two, my oldest daughter was turning two, and I decided I was going to throw her a birthday party at the house. This is a small house for a couple of kids, right? Like, I'm looking at 10 kids <laughs> and a two-year-old. And so what I wasn't going to do was go all out and spend a ton of money on stuff. Like, you know, I was just going to put together something cute and small at the house. Um, so I decided to go with an under the sea theme <laughs> birthday party. And so I made this big ball pit. I got an inflatable pool, made a big ball pit out of it, put it in a living room, a little slide for the kids to play on. And I decided I wanted to populate it with like, you know, little balloon animals, balloon sea animals. Um, so this is just an example. So first thing I did, I went to YouTube. I went to YouTube, looked at some videos, some tutorials, 
copied what I could, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't great, but there were a few things that I could do. I could make a little octopus and I could make a little fishy and starfish and things like that. And, um, you know, it turned out great. It turned out wonderful. Kids loved it. And we all had a great time. And the thing that kept going on in the back of my head was, you know what? I would have paid for that because here's where we are. I'm not going to pay for a balloon twister to come and do all this stuff at, you know, a birthday party for a two-year-old. That information is valuable. I would have paid, it would have been significantly less if the people who did making those tutorials had charged a few dollars for them or more than that. You know, if you charged $20 for that video, I would have paid for it. You know what I mean? So I can learn something and I can kind of do something sort of DIY myself at home. And there's that nice little niche there where I noticed that people were doing, and, and this, is, this, this kind of permeates across a lot of industries, like that's just an example of a DIY industry. Another one that is enormous is, of course, the beauty industry. I mean, there's hair <laughs> tutorials, there's makeup. I mean, all of these things are things that I would pay for, and I'm not the only one. A lot of people would pay for access to that information, but people were kind of giving them away for free. So I wanted to create a place where, you know, that, that doesn't have to be true. That doesn't have to be so, where you can get the immediate value out of the work. And it's interesting that you say that because as a makeup artist, I was teaching, you know, like I used to do private sessions with my clients, teaching them how to apply makeup. And then I also did makeup for photo shoots and things of that nature. And when I looked at YouTube, I always you know, tried to figure out, well, how do I go on there and not give away all my goodies? Because these are some things that people pay me for. Oh. And I always wondered, like, well, because I'm already getting paid for it, if I do it for free, does that lessen the value? Oh. I'm not sure if it does or doesn't, because I still feel like we're needed, even though YouTube University is there, oh. because there's a lot of mixed information and everyone isn't telling you the right thing, or some people only know what works good for them. Oh. And so they're telling you, what works good on their face, but that may not work on your face or my face, right? <laughs> right. Oh, man, have I been there. I've, I've right. Been there. <laughs> like, oh, that was cute on her, but... <laughs> like, I, I can't do that. Yeah, so definitely, um, I always found it, you know, like a, a happy medium. Like, how do I really do this without giving away too much because this this is was my livelihood and something that I was charging for and so I absolutely get that and so what are what are some of the solutions that you came up with to help um, you know entrepreneurs or you know females that are out there educating people on different things whether it's beauty or like DIY whatever it is what are some of the solutions um, so that's what QB is. QB is basically, I call it Etsy for ideas. It's an, it's an online marketplace where you can, you, you can, you know, create your own shop and you can put your content up there and make it available for purchase. So um, one of the tools or, 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 you know, and just to kind of break down how that works, I have a, a little framework in mind. I call it the product versus promotion framework uh, because it harkens back to something you said before about, um, I forgot, you know, I can't remember what it was, but it was something like, it's not always appropriate to put a price on content. You really have to parse out what kind of content has economic value and what kind of content, I call it promotional content that helps sort of build your brand, right? And it helps people understand who you are and people to, to, to know what your skill set is, right? Because it, it, people aren't just going to kind of trickle in out of nowhere. Um, they want to know, they want to have some idea of what it is they're getting. So, um, so, so let me just double back. QB is, that's exactly what it is. It is a platform where people can create their own online shops um, and, uh, you know, make 
eBooks. Uh, I have one person's got a clean eating guide uh, for she's a she's a fitness and health coach, and so for her customers, her 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 clients and such, they go to her QB shop and buy clean eating guides and several other things that she makes available for purchase. Um, eBooks uh, are available, and then also video tutorials. And so we recently just added a new function, which is great, where you can actually um, just upload your YouTube video tutorials. So, or you don't really upload it so much as, so it's like, you know, if you create uh, a YouTube video, you take an unlisted link, you can put that into your QB shop. And so then those YouTube videos can be available for purchase. Um, so as far as the product versus promotion distinction, um, how do I describe it? I describe the product as something that is kind of transformative or provides some kind of value to you. Uh, promotion is uh, something that sort of, you know, like I said before, helps people to kind of understand who you are, what you're about. Um, so I usually in that in that area are things like maybe product reviews um, and um, sort of before and after, uh, uh, like you know, videos or images or something like that. Um, to help people kind of comprehend what you do. But when you really get into, like you said, the goodies, the, the, the how-tos, the particulars and specifics, that stuff, that's, that's intellectual product. And you can take those um, sort of those tutorials or whatever and make those available for purchase. Okay. Have you thought about like maybe online courses as well? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Online courses is uh, part of our product suite. Um, we will be releasing that soon. And that it's, and, and yeah, it's the same thing. It's, it's um, you know, it's just bigger, it's fuller. So there'll be quizzes and um, certificates and um, uh, also um, kind of like a portal classroom sort of thing so that all the students can kind of get together and, 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 and sort of meet and confer online so that they can get to know and learn from each other. So yeah, online courses is definitely part of the product suite. So I'm looking forward to when we'll be when when we'll be ready to launch that that component. Awesome, Diana. I think this is phenomenal because of course we've heard of like Etsy and different things, but not too many are black owned. Like I haven't heard of one other one that was black owned for one. And so I, I would love to the opportunity to support someone who looks like me and who's really trying to help us to get our information out there. So my thing would be because as an entrepreneur there are so many different apps and tools that I use to run my business and it can be a lot. Pull your hairs out. Like I set up on MailChimp a funnel okay. on <laughs> download my ebook right. and it took me like two days and I got a headache and I had to take breaks from it until I finally got it all set up. So okay. my question is like, how easy is it for, you know, people to use uh oh, man yeah i know exactly what you should mailchimp will give you a headache it was shocking the first time i tried to use it i was like how is there this much <laughs> associated with just sending emails but there, it's it, it's it's so true and that was one of the things that i wanted to address was it needed to be simple easy and quick um so with qb everything is um so on the side there are a bunch of quick start guides i mean uh you can set up the shop inside of a minute uh, you can add products inside of 30 seconds. It's a matter of handful of clicks, click this button, click this button. And we really did pare down um, just the process because when I first started, yeah, I, I, you know, you start with this grand idea and you put everything in and you realize, you know, it was just too convoluted. There's just so much stuff. So it really put a lot of emphasis into paring everything down to like the most basic component parts that you need. 
you know, so you set up your shop. We pay um, out through PayPal. And so what it is, is the, the, the user sets up their shop. They set their own prices. There's no, you know, commissions or fees or anything for QB. It's $14 a month. That's flat. That's it. So whatever you sell, you keep. Um, and then it, it, it kind of, you know, we send it to you via PayPal. Um, but that's it. So all you need is a PayPal email address to get paid. Like we don't have to, you know, get all, <laughs> all kinds of detailed and crazy. And then it's just as simple as, you know, putting inputting the name of your shop, maybe the name of your products, a couple of, you know, product images and, you know, copy paste links. And that's it. We make it very, very simple. I love simplicity because I know people who talk to me all the time, like I want to create an ebook and I might say, well, you could do it in Canva. And they're like, well, that's even a headache. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> they may learn how to do that, but then it's like, okay, how do I get it to the people? How will they download it? And how will they buy it from me? And then that's a whole nother process. So I love that, you know, you keep it simple for the people who aren't as techie as we are. Like, I'm going to figure it out. But some people, you know, need that extra help or just don't have the time or, and then maybe they can't afford to hire someone to do it for them, but they want to get their product out there, whether it's a course, a video, or like, like whatever they may be, information they may be selling online. So I think this is awesome. So you said it's $14 a month and they get paid through PayPal and all you have to do is just like, upload to your site so mm -hmm. does everyone get like their own unique link are you able to how does that work like do you are you able to add your own domain or is it just like a, a qb link that you get it's a QB link that you get. We're not at the add your own domain stage yet, um, but you basically, yeah, have a QB link to your shop and then each of your individual products have their own link, their own page. Um, and, and, and I'm glad you said that because that's exactly the place where we wanted to sit was that if these are, these are things that you could do with your own website. But the challenges with your own website, like you said, it's, 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 it takes a lot of time. So if you don't have a lot of time, that can be a challenge. Um, it costs money. Uh, and setting up all this will cost more, you know what I mean? Um, and uh, also the other thing um, is this, like things like site speed and maintenance. These are things people tend to expect. So when your customers come in and they want to purchase a product, they, they have, you know, you from the tech side, we're looking at metrics about site speed and how, you know, content delivery and things like that. That's stuff that you don't want to deal with if that's not your business, right? Like you said, if you're a, a makeup artist and you're a beauty professional and you're busy, you've got a lot going on. Um, and, um, you know, you don't want to deal with all that nitty gritty or you don't have the extra money to pay somebody else to do it or to, you know, or the time to learn how to, to, to build things up for yourself. Uh, QB is a nice place to sit. It's, it's, you know, it's the reason why Etsy took off so much is that you have all these people around the globe who are making, they're making crap products, right? Like they're not in the business. <laughs> of, 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 of tech content delivery. So it, it, it sits in that same space where it just doesn't take much. Um, and, and, and that way, you know, the QB customer can focus on what they do best, right? Which is creating the content and, you know, selling that content and making it available for the people who are interested and the people who are willing to invest in you. Yeah, I think that's great. So what, like, if someone wanted to sell an ebook and what would be the process? Would they just need to have a link for them to go to to QB so that they can purchase it? Like if they wanted to offer it as either, you know, something that they were selling 
um, and they wanted to advertise it, they would just send them, like, advertise and send them directly to the QB site? Is that how it works? Yeah, send them directly to the product site. So you say, you and you can drop that link anyway, right? You can say, you could, you could be the subject of the signature of your email, right? You can say, oh, I'm so-and-so, and here's my ebook, you know, and you can download it here. Um, so, you know, same thing, you can put it on, you know, social media, and if you put it on Twitter, for example, it's got this nice little Twitter card for you. And it's just for your product, right? Like it's not going to send it to the whole site and everything. Right. It's just about taking your shop, your product and promoting it, you know, to your people. So, um, yeah, it's very, very straightforward. What about if you wanted to do a freebie? Now I know you, you, you do freebies. Oh my God. You can do freebies. You okay. can do product codes. You can do promotions. <laughs> you can okay. do it. Okay, good, because I know you're, you know, you want people to get Oh, yeah, I want people making money for their product, but I understand. You need generation, right? You need a right. way to, so, like, if you did a freebie, would you be able to collect that person's email and still, you know, have their information? Okay. Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, and you can also do, yeah, you can do sale prices. So one way to do the freebie would be to say, you know, have like basically the base price and then say the sale price is zero. Um, and just to show people, be, and that's, that, I'm so glad you asked that because that's how you um, sort of walk that fine line and thread the needle. Because when you do it like that, what you're really saying is this product has value. This product is worth $20 or whatever, even though I'm offering it as a freebie right now. You know what I mean? Um, and so it, it, it can preserve the value of it. And, and that helps the customer, the end customer too, to feel like they're getting something of value, right? If you just handing out, it's, it's, it's you know, it's kind of like, you know, if you're on the street handing out flyers, people aren't going to read that. They're not going to think it's worth anything. But if you say, hey, this is a 20, this book, this is an ebook, this is a $15 ebook, but it's, it's, it's available for free right now, you know, it's sale price is zero, or you can even better still uh, offer promotion, like coupon codes. And, um, you know, people can enter that and then get the reduced price down to whatever you want. So it still kind of creates that energy and it still creates the, the, the sensibility that your intellectual product is valuable. Um, even, even if at the moment it's a freebie. So I'm, I'm so glad you asked that because that's, that's really the important key, um, you know, to, to, to starting to, to grasp what we, what we, you know, what we're worth. Mm -hmm. I think that's phenomenal. I think, you know, um, I love a user-friendly way for people to get their products out there. And so, and especially with e-commerce, you know, with everything that's going on in the world right now, e-commerce has definitely gone up. So more and more people are shopping online. So what better way to tap into that market than to have like a product that you can, you know, sell to them online, a digital product. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's where it's at right now. So I think you're right on trend and um, it's like perfect timing for everything that's going on. And I can see it really taking off. So how would um, someone that is interested in um, getting started with QB, how would they, you know, go about getting started? You go to QB.com, uh, www.cubeby.com, and um, you can just sign up there, and everything's ready to go. So you go, yeah, sign up. <laughs> and open your shop. You can do it inside of three minutes and have products up ready to sell, ready for, ready for purchase. That's great. So what is some feedback you've received so far from some of your clients who've used QB? 
uh, so far, so good. You know, we're still very small uh, and we're growing, uh, which is great. I, I, it, it's a special place to be with a startup when you're small like this because you can be really um, hands-on with your customers and I can really kind of, you know, see what people are doing, what's working for them, what's not working for them. Um, the first customer we had, um, this was a while ago. Uh, I remember when she set up her shop, uh, she was making sales inside of two hours, which is like amazing to me. So it was like, she had her shop up and then in two hours, she, people were buying. And I was like, wow, that was faster <laughs> than I thought. Um, you know, and that was it. She went, I think she went to her Facebook group and told everybody, Hey, yo, this product is here. I made it, you know, and if you're interested in what I do and you're interested in what I have to offer and, and they came in and started buying it. So that was, uh, that was a, that was a great feeling for me personally, just as the, as the founder and the CEO feeling like I'm creating something something of value for people. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that really made me feel good. Um, another client was very, very, very busy businesswoman. So um, uh, I remember with her, we had a conversation and she said that she had years ago, she published an ebook and she said she'd run some, um, you know, she self-published ebook. She said she'd run uh, on several occasions. She had, you know, run off a bunch of um, copies. She says every time she does that, she sells out. And she's disappointed because she meets the next person. They say, I'd love to get a copy of your book and she doesn't have it available. So she was really eager to get her ebook up. Um, and it, it was, it's, it's a nice book for young businesswomen. Um, and uh, so I remember, yeah, working with her to get that up. And so she, she, she was, she was really delighted about that. She's like, now I don't ever have to worry about it. I have exactly where I can send people. So she's like, I, you know, she does podcasts. She does a lot of conferences. She's like, every time I talk to somebody, they ask about this book and I may or may not have it available, but now I do. And I can just kind of, you know, send it out and direct people. And so, so there was a lot of ease of use for her there. So that was also, you know, validating for me uh, as the entrepreneur, you want to, you want to feel like you're being of service. And you want to feel like, you know, the products that you create are, are, are providing value, adding value for people. So um, that's some of, some of the feedback we've been getting. So as, as we grow, I'm kind of, yeah, delighting in getting a little bit more and more and being able to help, you know, more and more people because there's an opportunity for us all to win here. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, exactly. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. So I think that's good. So have you been putting any heavy promotions behind it, really trying to get a QB out there? Like, how are you going about really promoting it so that maybe, you know, potential buyers can come to your site and, you know, buy from the people that are on there? Or is it set up that way? Yeah, we're working. We're we're working on it. Promotions, um, you know, that's uh that's kind of what we're in the thick of at the moment. Um uh yeah, um, one one place I'll be perfectly candid where I am weak is social media. <laughs> I'm really busy, so it's very hard for me to keep up with social media, but we're doing better and putting more emphasis into that. Uh, we make sure to do um in another area where I'm weak and it's been a challenge to try to change my thinking is um search engine optimization. But we're getting better there and making sure that not just us, but like, like, you know, and that, and that can be really nitty gritty. You sometimes you really got to get in deep into your code, which, um, uh, I haven't, I haven't done a whole lot of engineering in a long time. So sometimes it's hard for me to keep up, but like digging deep into it to make sure that like even the products that people uh, put up are, you know, are being 
properly crawled by the search engines. Um, you're starting to put a little bit more emphasis into Pinterest, which is a place where a lot of people, um, you know, a lot of people go to find particularly how to and like beauty related uh, information. So we want to make sure that um, that cubic gets good representation there. So that's, that's, that's really, yeah, it's, it's taking a lot of energy and focus at the moment, but it's, it's, it, things are, things are, are on track. So I'm really, I'm really delighted. That's awesome. I know like your yeah, Pinterest I could see because I, I didn't realize how powerful Pinterest was, but I recently bought like some Canva templates off of Pinterest. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like <laughs> right? I definitely, you know, I could see QB working on there because there are already people who will send you from Pinterest to their Etsy store. So they can send you to their QB store, you know? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And then Pinterest is great, right? It's just a, it, it works as a visual search engine, which I think is just a brilliant idea. So people know what they're getting. So I can, you know, and, and, and I'm not the only person, I'm sure a lot of people are visual thinkers. So it helps to see the images and they say, oh, that's the, that's what I want. You know what I mean? And so it, it, it is a really, really, really powerful tool, like you said, uh, for that. And people, you know, people jump on it real quick. They say, oh man, I can, I can use this to promote my Etsy shop. I can use this to promote even my QB shop. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's it's, it's powerful. That's why I wanted to make sure that, you know, we were well suited to, to take advantage of that. Awesome. So what else are you excited about? Do you have anything else in the works? I know you've added a lot of things to QB and you're really trying to, you know, push it out and it's going well so far. Is there anything else you're thinking about adding any more app, maybe a QB app or uh, any more? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I am in, I, we are, we are, we are in the, I don't even know how to describe it. I would call it almost just after the brainstorming phase <laughs> about the mobile app. Um, so I'd be, I, I'm excited for, you know, as that, as that starts to come closer and closer to fruition, because, you know, people really, that's an expectation now. Um, and so it's mobile optimized. Like you can do everything from your phone, but it's so much better to even have a native app. So I'm really looking forward to that coming to, um, coming to fruition. Um, I'm also working on an online course um, called IP for Creators. Um, and this is, this is nitty gritty detail stuff. This is where I dig into my pat intellectual property attorney bag of tricks and really, you know, kind of go through and help people to comprehend what intellectual property is, how to harness your intellectual property and how to, um, to, to, to make use of it. You know what I mean? So it's really, it, it would be a course for people who, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily for folks who were just kind of like, you know, hobbyists, right? Like if you just like, like to Instagram and friends and maybe you've got some more followers and it's cute and it's fun and something to do on the freeze time, this might be a little bit too detailed. Uh, but for people for whom their content and their creation is their business, it's their enterprise and they're, you know, and they need to invest in it. It's, I think it's important at this point to take that kind of knowledge, the knowledge that an intellectual property attorney would have. Like, like I said, I've been working, you know, on the patents for large corporations for several years. Uh, the challenge is that a lot of information is sort of, uh, I don't know, it's, it's sort of, I would say it's kind of housed in this small niche area of attorneys. People tend not to take that information and 
you know, sort of let individuals know what they can do for themselves. We tend to, you know, it's like this small little niche group of attorneys that only work with really, really large corporations and they pay a lot of money to sort of kind of house all that information. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do something else. I said, I want to take this, all that we know about what intellectual property really is and what the legal system is really doing and turn that outward so that the individual entrepreneur and creator can take advantage of it so that they can, you know, support their own enterprise rather than Google having all the knowledge and all the lawyers. I said, well, you know what, let me take this information that I know and make it available so that people can, 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 you know, kind of make profits from their work, you know, for themselves. Awesome. I love that. I love that. And for people who may not know, tell them what intellectual property is. Okay. Oh, oh big, 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 big question. That's a big topic. Uh, I don't even know. Okay. Intellectual <laughs> property. Like it's, it's so big. Um, Intellectual property, I would say uh, in the broadest possible terms, I would describe it as um, concepts or ideas that have value. So generally speaking, there are four areas. There's copyright, um, which is, I think people are familiar with that, like, you know, music, books, um, any kind of, I think it's like, I can't remember the exact legal term, but any kind of like work of expressive art. Um, is protected under the copyright laws. That's something people understand. Trademarks is a, is a second one. People kind of understand trademarks as, you know, Coca-Cola, C in a circle. You know what I mean? Um, or actually that's the TM in a circle, the C in a circle is copyright. Um, and that's something that you would file with the government, with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. You get your trade, you, you fight with them back and forth for a while <laughs> until they grant you your trademark. Um, and then it, 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 it's kind of a way to legally protect your brand. You know what I mean? So if you're the only person that can use this trademark, then people know if they see it out there, they know that it's you and they know that it's your company and not, you know, some kind of copycat or anything else. Uh, the third one is patents. Patents is, uh, was, was largely my wheelhouse. That's a little bit more technical. That's uh, new and useful um, technologies. So that's when you get into, you know, um, yeah, like a little bit more heavy technologies. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to go too, too detailed into that. Uh, and the fourth area that people tend not to think of are uh, trade secrets. Um, uh, again, things that have value for you and your company. So one example of a trade secret would be like the secret sauce for the McDonald's Big Mac. Um, you know, uh, it's not technically legally protected. If I were to reverse engineer that and use it, I don't know that McDonald's can do a lot. Um, there's some, some litigation, uh, doctrines wherein say I bribed an employee of McDonald's to give me the recipe. They could sue me for that. <laughs> um, but trade secrets are a very interesting kind of murky area of the law. Um, so that's kind of like the umbrella of intellectual property. So copyright, trademark, patents, and trade secrets. And basically this, it's just the kinds of ideas, um, and technologies that have, you know, kind of monetary value that you can protect. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing. I just wanted to clear it up for people who may not be familiar with what it is. So I, I appreciate you breaking that down. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Awesome. Well, Diana, it's been absolutely great having you on the podcast. I think you have a phenomenal 
uh, invention with QB, I think it's great. I can see it going, you know, beyond what it is now and just really expanding to something even greater. And I know it's going to definitely be beneficial for a lot of entrepreneurs. And I'm going to make sure that I leave all of that information in the show notes. So I want to ask you the last final questions that I like to ask everyone who comes on the podcast. So the first one is, how do you define success? How do I define success? Um, Hmm, that's an interesting one. I think I define success um, with another word, which is fulfillment. If you can, if you can do something, spend your days doing something that makes you feel fulfilled and of service, um, I think that's that's everything. I, I you know, in my career, uh, you know, I'm an attorney. I know a lot of other attorneys, people who make a lot of money. Um, and by, you know, sort of general social standards people perceive are successful, but they're miserable. They don't personally feel successful. They personally are a little <laughs> down in the dumps. And it's because they don't have that sense of fulfillment. So like many people, I don't define success as any necessarily any kind of monetary, you know, you could have a zillion dollars, but if you don't have that sense of fulfillment and purpose and service, you know, it, it's just not a good feeling. So, so that's, that's where I think success really lies. I mean, there's obviously another point, which is that we all have to eat and keep a roof over our heads. And that's the challenge I think of adulthood is for us to marry the two. How can I do something that's profitable? How can I do something that supports me and my family and my life, but that also provides me with fulfillment, purpose, and a sense of service. Um, but if you can find that, that's, that's to me, that's the, the apex of success. I would absolutely agree. So I think you're the perfect person to ask this next question because you are our techie, right? <laughs> so what's either your favorite tool or app that you use to operate in your business? Hmm, I'm looking at my phone. Let me see. <laughs> Let me see. What do I use all the time? Tech tool and app. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, good question. <laughs> um, my my phone i don't know email <laughs> um good question uh tech tool or app uh i mean i you know i have like you know i don't know if this is the best answer i i i do a lot of i do a good deal of the coding myself so i i actually have this really great like visual studio debugger tool <laughs> that i think is great but that's not exactly like accessible it's not the sort of thing we use in our day-to-day -day life um you know outside of like if you are like deep in the computer code every day um, <laughs> so let me try to find you a better answer um i don't know maybe just google analytics like that's simple you know um it, it, it gives me so much insight into you know how the site's performing and what we're doing and what people are doing what people are interested in so i do you know it's pretty simple and straightforward but i do i i, I like it i use it all the time um so yeah it, it's it's great in terms of like giving me information and information is like blood of every every businesswoman you know that the more information feedback we have the more we can be responsive and um and can 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 help can and, and you know and improve our service uh, i like that right google analytics i like that one as well um you know i've shifted from you know being a makeup artist so i'm not offering services anymore and the other day i got a report from my website because it's still up 
And it was telling my September numbers like about a week ago. And I couldn't believe how many views I was getting, hundreds of views to the site still. And I'm not offering services. So I was like, hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> Play with that a little bit uh, because there's something like some virtual stuff. I think I'm going to start implementing quarterly. Oh, so wow. that I can still offer some type of makeup. So it'll definitely be something virtual. Mm-hmm. But because people are still interested in, in getting that type of information from me, yeah. um, I was like, I, I should really, you know, pay attention to the analytics and do something with that. Right. Yeah, you'll be surprised, right? And you'll see, get, like, exactly what kinds of service people are interested in. So, so that when you craft your, you know, your new products and your new, um, you know, sort of, what's the word? Um I forgot what word I was thinking of, but you'll 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 be able to serve people exactly where they need, which I think yeah, I think that's wonderful. I really think what you're doing is just fantastic. You know, the beauty industry is just I think it's fascinating, particularly like the online beauty industry. I think it's just wonderful. Like uh, we had this conversation before. I I'm an old school natural. Like I went natural back in the early 2000s <laughs> before there was a YouTube. When there was absolutely, you know, it was the blind leading the blind out there and just seeing how, you know, the beauty industry just came and like informed and educated so many of us. Like, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. Like, it's just, you know, it's, it, it's so important. You know, people don't think about, you know, we, we think of beauty as extra, but it's not, it's not, it really is like an important part of our day to day life and what we do. So I just, I just think it's awesome. Really, really awesome. Well, exactly, Diana, because if I hadn't put on a little concern, I would have scared you today. girl. But it's true. It's true. You know, it's like you have to be like, it, it's where your confidence comes from, right? It's like I know if I'm looking like right, like I don't have a little uh, you know, any concealer. I got little kids, so I need concealer. Right. <laughs> <to sleep. laughs> but I you know, but I'm you know, I'm not um I'm somebody that just really, really benefits a lot from other people showing me how and showing me the tricks of the trade because it's such a particular skill and it takes a lot of time and effort and energy and investment to acquire that skill. So, um, so I, you know, I just love that this whole market has just exploded online where women who have been doing that um, can, and you know, like you're, you're, you're a professional, right? Like you, that's, that's, that's your business and what you do. But there are also other people who've grown from being, you know, hobbyists to um, presenting information online and stuff like that, which I think is, you know, I just think it's all wonderful. I think it's just so powerful. You know, it's, it's exciting. I do too. I think what I love about beauty in particular is that it's a, you know, I've been able, I've shifted many times, but I've still stayed in beauty. Like I went from all, you know, providing makeup services to teaching it, educating it, and then, you know, now I'm doing coaching and I have, you know, a podcast that focuses on the business side of beauty and I do events for the business side of beauty as well. So what I love about beauty is, you know, I'm still in beauty, but it has so many different facets that you can really take different career paths. Yeah, yeah. Within it. So that's what I really love about it. So it keeps it interesting. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, and I never get bored of it. Like there's always something going on. There's always something new. There's always something trending. I never get bored. So that's what I love about it. Yeah, but it's been absolutely great having you. So my last one is, so what's either like your favorite quote or mantra that you live by? Um... Uh, let's see. Well, one I tell myself 
is uh, well, I have so many. That's why I'm I'm, I'm pondering. I want I want to tell you all of them, but the, <laughs> the one that I tell myself every day is: if you don't invest in yourself, no one else will invest in you. Um, always put your efforts, energies, and focus into investing in yourself. Um, so I, that's that's one mantra I live by. I love it. I love it. You know, last night I taught uh, a sales presentation. You know, um, and my whole thing is like selling is a lifestyle because we're always selling something. You're selling yourself, you're selling your services, your whatever it is. And so a lot of people have this, you know, sometimes they feel funny about selling or strange about selling because we've all had a bad experience of an over pushy salesperson and no one wants to be that person. And so sometimes when you think of sales, you have a negative mm-hmm. with it. But I flipped it. And one thing I said, if you want other, you can't expect other people to invest in you if you don't invest in yourself. So that's interesting. That was one of the quotes I put on my slides. Isn't so, that something? Yes. It's yeah. great. Like, we were on the same page here. Yeah. 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 And I have to remind myself every day um, because I think a lot of times as women, um, you know, we, we're, we're kind of culturally instructed to be giving, giving, giving that we don't always think of the value of like stopping and investing in ourselves and then demanding others invest in us too and say, look, Mm -hmm. I'm invested in myself. This is what I'm worth. And putting that out into the world and being, you know, and and being clear and honest and sincere about it. So I know it's a, it's a challenge that I I have to overcome uh, daily. And so I I think I'm probably not the only one. So I'm glad you put that in your slide. I bet there were a bunch of people that are like, yes, yes, yes. I have to, remember that for sure yeah we all we definitely have to overcome because you can't give everything away at the end of the day you have to run a business you have to if especially as entrepreneurs so we're not selling then we're not making money if we're not selling our products or services if you're not selling qb then you're not making money so we have to sell but you know just making sure we're you know we're adding value to people yeah we want to add value and understanding that you never need to be hesitant or ashamed of what you're selling if you have something that's going to add value to people. And I think you definitely have something with QB that's going to add value, making it more accessible and quick and easy for entrepreneurs to put their you know, information out there, and whether it's an ebook or a video, whatever your content you're trying to get out. And this is the time to do it for sure, because more and more people are online, more and more people are working from home, more and more people are glued to Zoom and all of this stuff now. So why not you know, tap into that market and put whatever product that you have and whatever you can teach them out there and do it quickly and easy to QB. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for creating this. I congratulate you and commend you on your awesome work so far. Tell everybody how they can find you and how they can find QB. Okay, well, um, you can find me at qbcuebey.com um, and uh, the blog, I blog a lot there. So that's, uh, that's probably the, the place where I'm most kind of like getting out. Um, also, you can follow me at Twitter at dianahickey5 <laughs> at twitter.com. I'm still working on building my social media presence, y'all, but I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm slow, but I'm getting there. Um, yeah, and that's it. And uh, yeah, and I'm around. So um, you know, <laughs> uh, hit me up. Uh, come, yeah, come on over to QB if you drop uh, you know any kind of feedback, email or something like that. I, it'll definitely filter its way to me. Um, and yeah, I'm around. So I'm, yeah, thank you again so much for having me, Brandy. <laughs> I just love, love, love what you're doing, um, and I really, really appreciate it. Uh, this has just been a wonderful experience. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Diana Hickey, everybody. As always, stay great. And we're out. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Business Beauty Network podcast. 
please subscribe and support our podcast. Please share it. Share it with your friends and family. Also, connect with us. We want to hear from you. Leave us comments. Let us know what you're enjoying about the podcast. Also, email us at bbnetworkpodcast at gmail.com. You can also connect with me on Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor and at Exquisite Looks. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at Exquisite Looks. And you can check out my website at exquisitelooks.com. I really hope to hear from you and connect with you soon. Remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.